DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to talk with Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver, joining us every week here on The Zone. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties to sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit SmartRain.net or call them at 877-346-3333. Samson, good morning. Good morning. What's up? I'm curious. How do you keep a straight face when coaches are telling you all week, hey, everybody's dangerous. These guys kept so-and-so close until the second and third quarter, and you're looking at film thinking, we're going to destroy these guys, and then you do go out and destroy those guys. Um, it, it wasn't hard, honestly. Um, we we wanted a, a perfect season, and uh, you know we let it slip away from us, so... Uh, now it's really just really trying to focus on each game and um, not taking anyone lightly and uh, just coming out and uh, giving, respecting the game, respecting each team, and the only way to respect them is uh, give them our best shot, and uh, that's exactly what we did. Late in the season to have finally have a bye, but what are your thoughts about having it? Oh, my goodness. It was much needed. Uh, it was 10 weeks of uh, grinding right there um, of just us pushing through and uh, – Writing it out every week and uh, trying to give it our best out there, and uh, finally by weeks hit, and um, I'm sleeping all week. I'm not going to any class or anything. So when you're playing at the U, the conference season it all builds into November, and you were on mostly good teams there. So if you didn't win the division, you were usually in the race. And I'm curious what it's like to get to a November and not have that sense of urgency to have your bye week late in the year and to have two games where you're favored by a ton of points. Um, it feels good, honestly. Um, it, it's been a great season. Um, we've been grinding out. Um, I don't know. It, just, it feels good. Um, these last two games, um, just got to give it everything we got. Uh, we end out in L.A. and uh, uh, in the Coliseum, and that's going to be my last time in the Coliseum, so I definitely want to try to take the dev. That'll be my first time taking the dub in the Coliseum, so uh, it's going to be fun. You're done, as you say, but your brother could come back, but at the same time, he's really asserted himself and shown his ability this season probably, well, I don't think there's any question, the best he's had since he's been in college and left high school three years ago. With that in mind, has he had any discussions about considering the NFL after this season? Um, No, not right now. Um, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but we've been so focused on this season and trying to give uh, the fans a good show to watch and um, trying to give this team um, everything we got. And uh, so nothing too much on the future, just been focused on right now and trying to end off the season right. So you've got uh, you've got these blowouts now. What, what do you do on the sideline to just kill time in the second half? I mean, you're out. The subs are in. What do you do? You got to keep the energy alive in the stadium. Um, whether it's our ones, twos, or threes, and um, everyone feels the energy. You can feel the crowd, and uh, that helps shift the momentum of the game. So uh, definitely, just try to keep the energy in the stadium alive to help our twos and threes feel that. Everyone's still there for them and uh, still supporting them. So uh, just trying to pick up the energy and uh, support the teammates. 
A lot of times this time of year, they'll have high school recruits at games, at home games, and our stands yeah. had some hot shots from Florida in over the weekend. Do you have any a- interaction with these kids? And if so, what is it about? Um, got to um, get, give them a little interaction, but to show them um, what we're really about and uh, show them what this team's about. And uh, by doing that, we can just play some uh, good ball and have fun and uh, show them that, you know, we're all about business, but we're also about um, letting you be you and um, letting you play your uh, game of ball and um, letting you just play relaxed and uh, not, not intense and uh, just having fun dancing. Um, and that's where we're just trying to show the recruits that we're all about business, but we don't have fun too. And um, that's what we're just trying to show them. These 17 year olds ever say or do anything that make you think, kids? <laughs> Uh, shoot, I don't know. I'm still a kid myself. Uh, I probably still do things and people look at me like, dang, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, any of these recruits ask you about the honor code? You know, it's a little bit different, obviously, at BYU as far as, hey, if I come here, what am I getting myself into? Uh, yeah, I've got asked a lot uh, about it, and um, I just tell them um, I think it's a great opportunity to come here and uh, really just focus and walk into to ball and uh, – see goals accomplished uh, that you want and um, and um, it helps you uh, really I don't know become more controlling of your body and your um, thoughts and feelings and um, any urges you have um, being able to control yourself down here and uh, it's going to help you in the long run uh, a, a sacrifice I talk about sacrifice now will be something greater in the bigger picture and uh, with the honor code I think it just helps prepare for your wife and your family, and um, I don't know. I think it's wonderful, and I think it prepares you for the NFL perfectly and just keeps your head on straight. Are you talking to any of the guys who are in the NFL, either guys you knew from Utah or, or some of the guys from Yeah, uh, talked to my best friend a lot, Julian Blackman. Um, I know he's got hurt this season, but me and I'm always calling each other and talking, and uh, he's giving me good insights, and um, we're just checking up on each other, and uh, it's, been, it's been good. He's been giving me a lot of help. You're a local kid who stayed local, playing at both institutions. Some of these kids coming from many, many states away. Could you imagine doing that yourself? Um, I couldn't. Um, Pooley got to do it in experience, but um, I know it's a bit harder. Um, I know it's a lot to get up and move states away from your family. And um, I get props to those kids that do it. Um, they're dedicated to this game, and um, they come out and they work and uh, they miss their families during Christmas, New Year's. They miss a lot of um, holidays with families um, just to play this game. And um, I'm been thankful for everything they have, and I try to spend as much time as with them and invite them over for these holidays. But I know it's very hard, and I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver, joining us. You mentioned earlier uh, with the bye work you were going to sleep in and not even go to class, and I'm wondering – how often do you even have to go to class? How much stuff is online these days? Do you even have to leave your house or apartment? Yeah, really, you don't have to, honestly, uh, besides maybe for study hall or maybe one one or two classes. Uh, ping pong, you can't do ping pong online, so I have to show up to ping pong class. <laughs> so that's probably the only class I'll be at. <laughs> What's the football schedule this week? Um just try to relax and get some lifting and um, clean up on details and just review the plays and uh, just stay sharp um, 
don't let this uh, little bye week um, slip away from us and let us fall off our game. But just uh, probably a little light practices and uh, some lifts. Well, Samson, thanks for joining us for a few minutes this morning. We appreciate it. We will talk to you again next week. Enjoy that bye week and uh, sleep a lot. And, man, ping pong. That's going to start the rivalry talk. You know you just made a thing on social media, right? That's, that's going to yes, become a thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm telling everyone now I'm the best at ping pong. Let me know. Okay. Come challenge me. I'm ready. <laughs> State ping pong champion, Samson Nakua, joining us here on The Zone. Thanks, Samson. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. BYU 8-2. and two. All anticipating they'll be 9-2 and two going to the Coliseum. And really, the way USC looked this past week, 10-2 and two is there for the taking. I think the way USC's looked this past season. 10-2 and two is there for the yeah, taking. I don't think this week was any different than what they've, been, what they've been all season. They haven't been good. They've been, I mean, their coaches have probably got, uh, what was it, uh, Donovan played on one leg, leg. What do they got, a foot and a half out the door? Yeah. All this... Uh, Metaphor stuff. I had somebody tell me last week that oh, Donovan, I'm one leg. He's thirty nine, nine nine. What did you expect? Eighty, eighteen, and eighteen? Well, maybe fifty. No, half a hundred. No, if you had one leg and you have two, you double it. <laughs> I like what you think. Uh, That's seventy eight for Donovan. Can he keep it going? I think that uh, BYU believes that they could do better than the Independence Bowl. In fact, I know they think they can do better than the Independence Bowl. Uh, if it's if it, if it is the Independence Bowl, so be it. But they believe if they go ten and two and win big, they think they have to pour it on USC, make a statement. Yeah, I don't think it's so much SC. I think you you tend to just default to to name. I think it's more about BYU. Uh, because obviously Georgia Southern is not a name, but they feel like if they win big in both of these games and look really, really good offensively, that they would be attractive. I don't know which one. I can go and guess. But they think that if they finish 10-2, and two, and what are they, 14 now? In the media uh, poll, they're yeah. 14, coaches pulled their 15, and we'll see what the rankings. I mean, they obviously ought to move up. There were teams right. that played close games. Their spot mirrors, mirrors is basically the the playoff poll. The playoff treated them yeah. a little better last week, and you would think they'll treat them a little better this week. What do you mean treated them? Oh, they were ranked a little higher in the in the playoff committee deal, and I think okay. they'll I think they're going to okay, move compared up compared to the AP. Yeah. I got gotcha. you uh, right, and so they think that they've got a shot. To maybe get something better, and they they really they want it to to show how good they are because it's a great recruiting pitch for sure. It's a great re- recruiting pitch, and, and it's just it's really crazy. Whatever word you want to use, funny, strange. Uh, I don't maybe strange is not the right word, but just a couple years ago, they were down in the dumps recruiting, and you know their recruiting numbers, uh, the ranking, and all that stuff were was way low to the point, wow, how are they going to beat these Power 5 teams? And here they have, uh, what have they won, four now? Uh, five, what is it? They're 4-0 against the Pac-12. They've got the fifth win against yeah. Virginia. Yeah, so they're 5-1. and one. Jaron Hall, no quarterback in the history of BYU, has beaten that many Power 5 teams ever, is what I hear. I didn't look it up. It's what I've been told. And Hall lighting it up. Somebody told me, man, it compared against uh, air. They don't think he could have played better 
They know it's Idaho State. We get that. But he's sensational. He's getting better all the time. He's NFL good. And so you put all that stuff in when the bowl people do their all their considerations and they think that it's a possibility that they can get that accomplished. So they have a lot to play for, even though they don't have a conference title to play for this year and next year. Uh, particularly if they can have these big wins and look sensational doing it. And Algiers in name. Uh, what, what's that, the Doak Walker Award? You know, he could be in the running because he's just been brilliant this year. Nakua, you could argue, Puka speaking, has played a season this year as he's gotten better and made more spectacular catches and looks like, you know, he's physical, he can run, they've had some running plays for him, and he certainly looks like he has all the tools and skills to be an NFL player. And I think you can argue with the kid from SC going out, what did he have, a broken ankle or something, if I remember, it was a couple weeks ago, that Naku is the best kid out there on our side of the country right now. And he's looking really good, so he's a name. You can throw him out there. They have that sexiness about them that makes them attractive. And they got these kids from Florida, wanted like a seven-star. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> BYU fans going berserko. They love us. If Kalani lands this kid. A seven star? Yeah, yeah. Well, you go two, two time zones over, your star gets bumped. You start at five, and then you go two, two time zones west, you end up being seven, yeah. I asked somebody, how in the world did you even get this kid to commit, or not to commit to visit, not to commit to come, but to commit to visit? Suitcase was full of cash, is what I was told, as a joke. And I said, well, man. I would have thought that it was a lifetime supply of built bars. That got a laugh. Got a ha ha. <laughs> built bar for the win. So it's crazy to think how just a couple years ago the program was viewed as being down in the dumps. And where's it going to go? And now this is the best it's been since the final years in the Mountain West, except for that final year. But the four years prior to the final year was great. And then before that, I think you have to go back probably to the 80s. And I had then a one great season in 96. I understand that. But right now, this is more than one great season. This has been complete and total validation upon what they did last year. All those fools who complained about the schedule are looking stupid. 30 wins in three years going into the Big 12. That seems where they're headed. Right now, they're having breakfast, all those fools, but they're not going anywhere. They're just taking the egg off their face and cooking it. More analogies. Bring it. Because they've got it. It's dripping. You whined last year about the scheduling. Now you look foolish. You Ute fans, those of you who whined about the scheduling... You can't do that because if you do that this year, you're basically incriminating yourselves. And nobody wants self-incrimination. No one. Literally no one wants self-incrimination. I I, I defy anyone to get on our app right now and say, I am comfortable with self-incrimination. There's not one soul. And I'm going all the way back to Adam. (laughs) Yes, since the beginning. (laughs) There's not one person, man, woman, both, whatever you consider yourselves these days, who wants self-incrimination. 
Name me one. You cannot. Sniggy, you like to go and try to counter me when I have these definitive, clarative statements. People who plead guilty in courtrooms like self-incrimination. No, they want lesser sentences. That's smart. They did something stupid. Now they want to make up for it. That's not self-incrimination. That's a pathway to freedom. El Camino, if you will. (laughs) It comes back to that junior college you and Frank Dolce like. (laughs) Sarkeesian likes it. Yeah, he does. He didn't come on our show, though. Todd Hans likes it. All right, you can stop now. (laughs) Famous El Camino quarterbacks. (laughs) I know them. I know them all. Not the last 30 years. Well, I guess I know Sarkeesian. Um, And yet, that's what BYU has. They're on top of the world these days. They're dancing. They're leading the school fight song. Cougars. How great is it to be a cougar today? Oh, I thought you were going to say cougars. How great thou art. <laughs> of course I, you I, would. I, cool. I had the exact you same thought. You thought so too. Oh, yeah. I know. Obviously you two would. We know I that. Know our background. One speaks it openly. The other is a little tender because he's got to appeal to both sides on television. We understand how it works. You know, you got them and you got us, and we sort of mingle, but not really. When it gets right down to nut, gut, and dime, we go here, they go there. We understand how this community works. Enough of your Christmas parties. <laughs> well, it's the day-to-day Easter parties, Hanukkah. <laughs> your Easter parties. You name it. It doesn't matter. Uh, Name your tradition. They go this way, you go that way. Zigging and zagging. I mean, you sort of interact uh, because you have to on some level. We get it, but I get, you know, you guys, of course you would think how great thou art. Yeah, obviously you would. I mean, that's the default move and good. That's going to get you where you want to go in the great beyond. I'm happy for you. How high does BYU have to get? To break down that the political wall that says only one non-G5 team gets in. Cincinnati's obviously unbeaten right now. I don't know. And I maybe can't. Cincinnati loses a couple games. You know, Houston or SMU gets them, and then they lose a conference title game. I, I can't speak to that. It's just, it, all it is is just flat-out guesswork. Yeah. It's not hard to imagine them in the top 12, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily in. There could be... Champions lower than that. They could pick in a large team lower than that. There's all kinds of stuff that could happen. Well, when I hear that Kalani believes it could happen, that leads me to think that he has reason, not, well, yeah, well yeah, it just makes sense. We can do it. It's beyond that. There's something substantive. I don't know what that money. substantive is. It's money. It's I always don't, don't, money, and it's the Fiesta Bowl needing to sell tickets. I'm guessing. I'm just making it up. But I don't know when that. in doubt, I don't either. But when in doubt, follow the money. There's a semifinal in the Cotton Bowl. They're off the they're off the table here. The Rose Bowl, they like to stay inside the Big Ten and the Pac-12. If they're going to pick a second team because they lose a team. Why not playoff. get the best Pac-12 team? Hey-oh. <laughs> but the Fiesta Bowl, hey, we'll take whoever from the other side of the country. But we need someone who's going to sell tickets and fill the And place. the Utes and can lose twice to Oregon and still go. This is Utah's year. The Every game they play, the other team's starting quarterback is out. And then they can lose twice to Oregon and still go to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, that would, that would really <laughs> test the Rose Bowl. Do they want 8-5 and five Utah? Well, if they follow the money, you just told me. That's not following the money. That's following the tradition. <laughs> that would be following but the tradition. But when in doubt, 
You just told you just you just contradicted yourself. And I hate that. You just self-incriminated, and I just told you don't self-incriminate. You t- didn't say that. You said nobody likes to do it. Right. But I like to do it. No, so you I don't. Just did it. You do not. Well, you made I a do. mistake. Repent ye. The message that you said and you spread. I am now spreading it. Repent ye. Repent. <laughs> Repent. So I went to the Rolling Stones. Now it's turning into a Monty Python movie. Bring out your dead. I went to the Rolling Stones on Saturday night at Allegiant Stadium. And as I was walking in, we parked a few streets away so we could have a quick get out, drive back to St. George for the evening so we knew it would be late. And there's this guy in the speaker just preaching up a storm, man. Oh, on the street corner for everyone leaving the Stones. Arriving, but yeah. Oh, arriving. Okay. Yeah, and we got there probably two hours early, and then he was just going to town. Place was packed, I assume? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yes. And uh, he was, he had on his, he had uh, his megaphone, he had a big sign, and I committed right there on the spot. Yeah, so I'm a changed man this morning. Doesn't seem like it. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like pretty much the same deal. I admired his his commitment. DJ and PK coming up. We just heard from Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver. Coming up, Nick Ford, Utah offensive lineman, will join us at 835, and we will talk to him about the blowout win at Stanford. Blake Anderson, Aggie coach. Not a good first half. Really good second half, and they get a win. They need to be better against San Jose State. Blake Anderson will join us at 930. Coming up next, the question of the day. Gather around, college football fans. We'll get to it next. Stay with us. The New Zone lineup is here with the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10, followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the Zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6, live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Hot Texture Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair? It's 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment. Or visit www.utahhairmd.com. Question of the day, Utah obliterates Stanford. How good is this team now? Best team in the Pac-12 right now. Taking them over Oregon, huh? Yep. Very impressive, DeGiro tells us. DeGiro's pizza? They are trashing people. Daniel, good enough to win the Pac-12. They are. Rose Bowl, here they come. I've been saying it for weeks. Yeah. Once they got the quarterback position right, they would be in the national championship game if they would listen to me. No, they wouldn't. Would too. <laughs> they wouldn't have lost. They wouldn't have lost. Or they would have had one loss. If Oregon can be in contention with one loss, certainly Utah can. Well, they got they got a win at Ohio State that's right. boosting them. And then Utah beats Oregon twice, so they, by extension, they get the boost. Yes, they do. I got that. Randy says good enough to be the second best team in Utah. 
Oh, wait. They're not going to play Utah State to see if they could beat them and be the second-best team. With Charlie Brewer, there's no question they were the second-best team at best. If only they would have listened to me. They would be in contention. Yeah, because Oregon's win over Ohio State would have benefited Utah if they beat them twice. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. They should be ranked right now. If you if you don't have them ranked, you're not looking close enough. You're just looking at the surface, which probably half the writers or voters, whoever they are, and there's writers, writers is an old term. Excuse me, forgive me, beat writers. As if that that's an archaic term on, unto itself. Uh, you're not paying attention. Only one loss to 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 Oregon State. Now, obviously, the the conference sucks this year. It's that that's that's what's weighing them down. But at the same time, it's not weighing down Oregon. Oregon barely escapes. But Oregon has a win over Ohio State and doesn't have three losses. And even after the quarterback switch, Utah lost at Oregon State, and Oregon State has looked terrible since. Yeah, and so you play that game. Yeah, and it, but Oregon lost to Stanford. So how much does water that water that down? Stanford, get out of town, man. Why even bother? <laughs> Nobody cares about your program. You're paying your coach like close to nine million bucks. Your attendance is abysmal. They're too busy with other things. Nobody's from that area. It's not, you know, like Locke. He's a big Stanford fan. Yeah, because he was fortunate enough to grow up in one of the most exclusive areas in the country. And so that's why. But he didn't go there. Maybe he took an extension class or something he said once or whatever. But Stanford fans, it's like they're, they're like professional fans in the Southwest. You bring your Pittsburgh Steelers allegiances with you. When you move to where the weather's better. Well, Stanford fans, they're from all over the world. And they bring their allegiances if they even care about it to begin with. I mean, they never had good attendance. They just, they don't care. And that's who Oregon lost to? Yes. That's embarrassing. they often lose to? How did they lose that game? And I know the pass interference and other play. How was that game even close? That was a game close enough that a call could make a difference. You know the pass interference. 95% of our listeners don't. So you, if you play the comparative score game, the conference comes out looking crappy. I mean, Oregon State loses to Cal, which loses to Arizona, which lost to Colorado. I mean, gosh, it just goes on and on. But right now... I believe Utah is playing the best in the conference. If I did a conference power ranking, they would be number one. Who do I believe in more? Cam Rising or Anthony Brown? Overwhelmingly. Cam Rising. Didn't Anthony Brown remember you an Air Force quarterback? I I said that over the summer. I don't know much. And... I'm old and outdated and blah, blah, blah. I hear the criticism, people. But I do know Pac-12 football. And I've known it forever. And I told you I didn't think Anthony Brown was good enough. And I told you Cam Rising was good enough. And I told you before they even took snaps. Anybody can tell you after the fact. And maybe I'll be, I'll be proven wrong. It won't be the first time. That's certainly won't be the last time. 
because next week they got the big showdown. But at the same time, the showdown doesn't even matter. Nope. It's like the hors d'oeuvres. The main course is coming in Vegas. It matters for Oregon. It could matter for Oregon. Maybe everybody around Oregon will just back up and they'll get to lose another game. Uh, yeah, they'll just find other ways to move other teams up. So there won't be enough losing to have a two-loss Oregon team in the playoff. So Oh, I, no, no. I was talking about the Pac-12 title game. Oh, I don't, I wasn't talking about they're the not playing for the Pac-12 title game. They're playing for the playoff. And that's something way bigger than the Pac-12 title game. That's not that's not Oregon's mindset right now. That's just a check mark along the list. No, the division is divisions are over. It's done. It will be Oregon and Utah December whatever second or third whatever that first Friday is in Vegas. They're, Oregon's going to beat Washington State next week. They don't have to, but yeah. What do you think? Washington State all of a sudden is a terror? Well, Oregon's 5-1 and one and Washington State's 4-2. and two. If Washington State wins, they'd have the same record. And the Utes have to play Oregon if Utah's all that good. I mean, I don't think it'll happen, but Oregon could get knocked out of the Pac-12 title game. So I think Oregon could be Washington State. No, Utah's not going to. Well, they could if you... They could, but you're not going to lose it. You're giving stock to Washington State. That's what you're doing. Well, I'm giving them more stock than I'm giving Arizona and Colorado. You're right. That's why the Utes are in. They got Arizona and Colorado. I don't. They could have uh, whomever. You, that you not, you're giving stock to Washington State, and you just downgraded Utah. And I do neither. Utah's not getting in because they have U- Colorado and Arizona left. They're getting in because they're really good. That's why they're getting in. Repent ye. You have a lot of repentance. Yak, can you get the secretary on the line to set up a meeting with him, please? Because he's going to be busy tomorrow night. Don't worry. It's already scheduled, Yak. There were some <laughs> other incidents over the weekend. It's already set. I tell you, man, just an eight-week thing, and they'll get you off nicotine. <laughs> <laughs> you got a new read? <laughs> no, I don't. I'll go to somebody else. But the, So... <laughs> no, the Utah's getting in because they're really good, not because of their schedule remaining. So, yes, that's that's the way I feel. They're playing the best ball in the conference. and But Oregon is thinking, they're not thinking Rose Bowl. Utah's thinking Rose Bowl because they made the wrong choice earlier in the season. It happens. Nobody's perfect. They made the wrong choice. That little three-week experiment, two and a half weeks, died a, a sudden death in a manner that we don't see come into town oh yeah man what a hell of a spring game and then boom he's gone <laughs> see nothing like it and hopefully for them they will never ever see anything like it again but everything has changed they'll see something like it because everything's changed and that's how quarterbacks move around now I don't yeah I don't I don't think we'll Tuttle left pretty quick he wouldn't be very long he was a high school kid not a transfer play a game yeah who cares? Tra- kids, quarterbacks transfer all the time. That's not unusual. Uh, it's. I just saw a kid from what Florida, Purdy, uh, Purdy's younger brother. He he's out now. He's put his name in the transfer portal. I mean, and and Rattler is thought to be doing the same thing with Oklahoma if he doesn't try the NFL. That that stuff happens. 
but in a manner that Brewer did where they built him up and blah, 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 and he threw for 9,000 yards. And Baylor, gosh, I got so freaking sick of hearing that. Part of the reason I just went from with rising is because I was sick of hearing about Brewer throwing for 9,000 yards in the spring game of all spring games. You would have thought he was Zach Wilson in the spring game based on the throw that Zach Wilson made in the practice. <laughs> So if you're going to just beat me over the head with something, naturally at some point I'm going to resist. And as you know, I was part of the resistance movement. <laughs> Randy says good enough to be the second best team in Utah, and he has got a long line of people backing him up. That for all the changes BYU or for all the changes Utah has made, they still couldn't be BYU. We'll never know. How good are the Utes? John says we will see in two weeks. Shane says, all the Mighty U fans are excited about a bunch of garbage wins. A win is a win, and they're playing well, but we all know what's going to happen. They'll find a way to screw it up when it counts. Well, if losing one single game counts, then they've done that twice. That's the the downside of these title games, you know, and... Me growing up, the Rose Bowl representative out of the Pac-12 had eight or nine games in which to prove itself. Not one. Now you got nine plus one. You got to prove yourself for nine, and then you got to prove yourself for one more. Well, but you know, that, that means they screw it up when it counts. By, by that statement, that means those other games don't count as much. Well, some people may be going back to screwing it up by losing to UCLA at home five years ago or whatever it was, six years ago. Yeah, I think the the Oregon loss when Herbert was a freshman was far more devastating than the UC Los Angeles loss. That's another one. Yeah. And Carrington barely getting his foot in. I thought that was the far more. And then they had Washington, so I don't know why you picked out that single one. They've had multiple ones. Washington came in here and got him on a punt return Pettis, which there was 14 blocks in the back that the referees didn't call. Yeah, 14 of them. One big one, really. No, 14 of them. Come on, wasn't just one. Go listen to them. <laughs> they got jobbed they got on that. 14 blocks in the back. I committed three just along the sidelines as Pettis as I was racing with Pettis down the sideline, a la Kalani Sataki on a long run. <laughs> so there's been multiples. I think they're going to get it done this year. And part of me is hoping they get it done. I'm, I'm, I, I have no uh, hidden agenda here. My agendas, I have agendas, but they're not hidden. I like the guy who's the coach. I got no problem saying that. And well, the whole country's pulling for him. And, oh, I don't care about the country. I just, it's great for the station. I would love to be in Pasadena January 1. I've been there multiple times. It's a hoot. I have many Ute fans. I've bailed out many Ute fans, and I would love for them to experience what I've experienced. I think it would be a whole heck of a lot of fun. I was there when they were in the Sugar Bowl. I was there when they were in Fiesta Bowl. I mingled with them. And I know they're out there. Obviously, everyone knows they're out there. And they would flood that place. It would be a lot of fun. And I want the guys, the program, to experience it. Why not this year? You don't know what's going to happen. You never know, man. It's hard to say. 
And the opportunity is right here. What I do know is that the opportunity has never been better in the 10 plus years that they've been in the conference. I, I'm very confident of saying that. And I, you'd think, oh, they should be strong again next year. Yeah, okay, but you don't know. Who knows, man? You get a quarterback injury, you get a second quarterback injury, and your season is crushing. That's happened. We've seen that happen plenty of times. So you can't really say, oh, well, yeah, they look, well, you can say it, but you don't know what was going to transpire, transpire a year from now. But what I do know now, and the funny thing is, they don't, they, I, obviously they've got to win the, the Oregon game, the second one. Maybe they even don't. Maybe Oregon just blitzes them twice, and then the Rose Bowl committee, who's not uh, locked into taking the Pac-12 loser, they don't have to. But what are their freaking options? <laughs> <laughs> well, at that point, I would think everybody's got five losses. Maybe UCLA could win out and be eight and four, and they could take them. And it would be a watered down. So I don't even want that. I mean, you don't want to go in there with five losses. ASU could get to eight and four still, or nine and three. Oh, they're the bastion of consistency. So you <laughs> yeah, right. count on them. <laughs> we don't know who will be coaching. <laughs> but sure. Yeah, have at it. After you you went a stretch in which you were outscored fifty six to nothing, and there's during another the course of the season. Yeah, and, bring them on. And there's another scenario where Oregon wins the league, and everybody in the league has five losses. Yeah, everybody. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I just said. I don't know that they and if and a, the Utah five, five loss could be team, better than everybody else's seven and five. Uh, well, they, I think they are better than everybody else. If they. If at worst, at worst, the Utes are the second best team in the conference. And maybe I've been underestimating Oregon and and they've got enough defensively and Dye's a runner and Brown's good enough. Maybe he's not great, but he's good enough combined with everybody else on the team. Maybe they can win out. And if they win out, they're going to go to the playoff. They're not going to drop. You can't put somebody in there and then have them win out and then take them out. That makes your poll a sham. Well, it is a sham, and they could do it, but I get your point that if you're in and you keep winning, you would think you stay in and you wouldn't get leapfrogged. Right. You would think. That that seems ridiculous. Why put them in in the first place? But they got undefeated Oklahoma behind them, so they might get leapfrogged if Oklahoma can keep winning. Yeah, but Michigan but. State just lost, so yep. they, they, you're going to have to have two teams leapfrog them now. So it's not just one. They'd have two, and if they win out, that'd be in. Klyovkov would resign on the spot. <laughs> they forget that. He would rally the Pac-12, and with pitchforks and torches, they would storm the college football playoff. Committee. Yeah, I mean, it would just be oh. Herb Street would burst in uh, an aorta. I don't even know what they are. I think you do actually. Wouldn't it? It would be. It would be impossible to imagine. And I'm not an Oregon guy by any stretch, but I would be right there leading the protest if that were the case. So I, I don't see that. So if Oregon does win out, beats the Utes twice, then they would be, without question, the best team in the conference. And according to this poll that came out last week, deservedly be in. So my point is, at worst, at worst, Utah right now today is the second best team in the conference. And I believe we've only got three weeks left in the season. And I believe in three weeks they will be the considered the second best, irregardless of what happens in Vegas. 
they would be considered the second best. Because there's nobody in the North that is better than them. Outside, assuming Oregon wins twice. I don't know that they will, but just for the sake of argument, saying they do. You couldn't make a case for anybody else in the conference saying, well, they're better than the Utes, so they should go. If the Pac-12 is going to get a representative in the Rose Bowl, they should go ahead of them. Assuming, of course, back to your point you made a few minutes ago, that they beat Arizona and Colorado, which seems yeah. of, of like an, just like a two-inch putt. It's a gimme. Pick it up. In fact, Arizona and Colorado, they've already conceded. <laughs> they already <laughs> told them to pick it up. <laughs> Go ahead, pick it up. And the conference and television networks, and that's why it's, uh, what's this, it's, this game Saturday starts at noon on the Pac-12 network? Is that Everybody's is, running from Arizona. Is it noon or 11? I need to know because I'm going covering the game. Yeah, because Arizona's now on our time. We count on you for this. You can't come to us. We're confused well, I know, by this. Well, no, no. I know the time zones, but I didn't know what time the game started. I didn't know if it was 11 or noon. I know the time. Believe me, when my parents were alive, I explained them enough to the <laughs> point where then we'd change clocks and I'd have to start all over. Noon Mountain Time. And my sisters still, one of whom has a doctorate, and I still have to tell her, what time it is. For instance, you know, we're coming into town this weekend because I'm covering the game for the station, and I have to tell them, you know, I will be landing a certain time, which is also your time. We're on the same time. And they look, does anybody really know what time it is? Does anybody really care? Sing it. (laughs) But I am frugal with the company. Because I'm coming back Monday, because the flights were cheaper on Monday. I have some place to stay, so I'm not charging the company hotel. But I do not want to rip off the company with the rent-a-car. So Sunday morning, I'm changing the rent-a-car, bringing it back, and then getting a rent-a-car on my own. How about that? I can be trusted. I'm freaking Abe Lincoln here. Thanks, Abe. All right, DJ and Abe will be back next to Utah Jazz with a couple losses over the weekend. We will get to that coming up, what has gone wrong for the Jazz, and we'll get in home, fix it. Nick Ford is here at 830 to talk Ute football and Blake Anderson at 930. Stay with us. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. Brian Fisher with Athlon Sports. It really is there for the youth taking. You know, win or lose in the, that Pac-12 title game. Uh, you know, we've seen the committee in past years uh, assuming that you know Utah runs the table the rest of the way. And, you know, and is that South representative? You know, frankly, it's it's really kind of a dream scenario for Utah. You know, in terms of being able to either go to the Rose Bowl and be assured of you know a spot at uh, the granddaddy of them all if they end up winning the, the Pac-12 title, or uh, likely you know be assured of, of uh, a spot there if, if they lose. Utah fans, you know, they, they might be concerned about uh, potential scenarios, but. I I think they're, they're so unlikely at this point that as long as they take care of business, that they will be fine when it comes to uh, making their way to Pasadena at the end of this year. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Football Friday is presented by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Oh, the Utah Jazz get beat in Florida. 
Miami gets them Saturday. Orlando gets them Sunday. PK, is this cause for a little concern? Or, ah, it was back-to-back on the road. They played a bunch of road games, and uh, we're 10 games into the season. You're plowing right through it. They'll come home, play a bunch of games, and it'll be fine. Or you want a more nuanced view, and that is just too, too general. What does it say when they lose to Miami and Orlando? Well, Locke wanted to attribute it to the weirdness of daylight savings. And I texted him. I said, daylight savings is in the spring. You're, you're mislabeling it. And it was bugging me. The end of daylight savings yes. is what he would like to attribute we it to. We corrected that. Good. <laughs> I know I feel better. What does it say? It sees this team collectively is in a brutal shooting slump. That cannot be debated. And in the NBA, if you're in a brutal shooting slump, more so than ever, because you insist on taking threes, it drives me crazy to watch Clarkson just have enough bricks to build a freaking chimney. Two for 11, and he wasn't even the coldest guy on the team. It's just, oh, man. I think this is the first time that uh, 90-some games, they didn't get at least 10 threes. Only eight. That's what happens when you shoot 19%. You know, they do what they do, and I I do what I do, which is second guess. And the only guy who shot the three well was Royce O'Neal. Everybody else looked at that and thought, "Mm, I didn't shoot the three well tonight. Can they... Change style in the middle of the game or in the end when things aren't going well from three, or you just say, This is the hill we're on, and we're going to Terrence Man it. <laughs> <laughs> Terrence Man. Yeah. And just, we're going to keep shooting him. And, and that. And, and, and I get the ex jocks. Well, you're in a shooting slump, so the only way to get out of it is keep shooting. But do they have to shoot during the game? Can you maybe stay after? Or if you're home, go to the gym earlier. You know, I realize after you're getting on a plane and flying back. But can you get up today? And does it have to be during the actual competition of the game? That's the only way you can shoot yourself? I never played the game. I have never taken a basket in my life. So I have never, I don't know anything about it. But do you have to, the only way you can get out of it is in an actual game? Oh, what about the cliche? You got to see the ball go through the hoop. So see the ball go through the hoop, right? Go to the hoop. Yeah. What about that? I don't. Which I believe, if that's what you need, you are extremely mentally weak and get out of here. I don't want you around. If you need to see the ball go through the hoop in order to believe that you can actually have the ball go through the hoop, that's mentally weak. And a true champion is not mentally weak. He or she actually—that's the number one characteristic that they have is they are extremely mentally strong. They're at the top of the food chain when it comes to mental toughness. So they can be 13 for 45 and be 14 for 46 because they're mentally tough. And you can be great, but if you're mentally weak, you're not making the shots in the most crucial of times when you're unguarded from 15 feet. Well, Jordan Clarkson tried a couple of two-pointers, and he missed both of those two. So he went back to three. Now, the thing that I will say in watching, particularly last night's game, there were good shots. 
And that is why they take them. Because right. you have 24 seconds, right. and if you pass it up, we all know, then you end up turning the ball over later in the possession. So the good thing, I have zero complaints on the shooting, on the shot selection. You know, maybe one or two is going to be rushed, but the Whatever. other team's going to do it too. Yeah. So I have zero complaints on their shot selection. And if you go long term, they'll get out of it. And they're still... One, when have gone seven and three, and they've got a slew of home games coming up. Slew of home games, and that'll shoot the three better. Yeah. That so, loss does say a couple other things. I mean, obviously, the three-point shooting is one we're all going to go to. We all noticed that right away. But it says a couple other things, too. And we will get to them next. One of the things, I think it screams pretty loudly. We'll get to that next. DJ and PK, what is trending? We'll tell you all about it. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.